Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. My young daughter asked me the other day, why do older people get to be the boss? <laughs> and I had to think about that for a minute. But I answered that, you know, we mature and we learn and we make better decisions. Uh, hopefully, anyway. <laughs> and it's important for bosses and leaders to, to make good decisions because their, their decisions usually have repercussions for a lot of other people. Now, it made me think, though, a little bit about what is happening with inflation and increasing food shortages in this country and and the fact that it it looks like it's about to get even worse. In an article from uh, the Daily Wire, uh, it's entitled, Food Prices Are About to Get Even More Exorbitant, the author says, consumers already burdened by record inflation rates could soon see yet another spike in the cost of essential goods, this time groceries in particular. Before the war, Russia led the world in wheat exports, earning billions each year while supplying nearly a fifth of the world's grain. Now, Ukraine, too, was a leading exporter, exporting more grain than than all but four nations. However, as the bloody conflict continues, the two nations, which together account for a quarter of the world's wheat exports have begun keeping the production for themselves. Ukraine announced recently they'll be stockpiling wheat as part of their ongoing war effort, and while Russia has cut off wheat exports to ex-Soviet bloc countries, among others, and to protect the, the domestic food market in the face of external constraints, according to their prime minister. With roughly 25% of the global wheat supply essentially disappearing over the course of a month, prices on the remaining wheat have skyrocketed, and that's bad news for customers, of course. Over the past month, the grain market has seen such volatility that many farmers, despite having products suddenly in short supply, are struggling to find buyers due to near unprecedented spikes in the futures market of the commodity. Now, Brad Schaefer is a uh, commodities trader, and he explained that seemingly counterintuitive phenomenon, noting that it would seem good for farmers, right? I mean, you know, supply and demand. Because if you have something that's gone up, in this case, wheat, in theory, they should do quite well. But they have to be uh, able to uh, offload it. And right now, that's been the difficulty. As Schaefer noted, the up and down nature of the price of grain has left many buyers wary of purchasing a, a good that could lose half its value by the time that they attain it. And, and, and in turn, many farmers have been left with expensive products in short supply that they can't seem to sell. In addition to wheat, fertilizer prices have also been more uh, than their share um, of of volatile as as the war in Ukraine disrupts supply chains and alters demand. Russia, which supplies roughly 10% of all fertilizer for the American farmers, no longer allows such exports to the United States. 
And as a result, some farmers have reported paying four or five times more for fertilizer this year than the past. That spike will inevitably impact other products, according to Joel Griffith of the Heritage Foundation. Quote, when you see Russia or Ukraine constrict the exports of fertilizer, that's going to drive up prices on production across the globe. And we're already seeing big increases in food. This is going to have an increase not just on the price of wheat, but we don't have the fertilizer to, you know, in the same quantities. It's going to drive the price of corn, for instance, and, and a lot of our beef. So, so this is going to have a ripple effect throughout the entirety of our food supply. That means more bad news for consumers already frustrated with more expensive and smaller products. Many food companies have attempted to address the rising costs of production by offering smaller portions without smaller prices, <laughs> seemingly employing the strategy that a dollar price tag increase is less noticeable than a 5% size reduction. For example, Gatorade redesigned its 32-ounce bottles, supposedly to be more aerodynamic. I don't know why, why a bottle needs to be aerodynamic, but, <laughs> but, but that new bottle now contains four fewer ounces for the same price as the larger one. A, a small bag of Doritos now contains five fewer chips than, than before after the company quietly shrunk the bag from 9.7 to 9.2 ounces each. Schaefer, has, um, who, who has been a trader since 1981, put it simply, I've never seen anything like this. The increasing diesel costs are hitting farmers hard as well. Anthony Borodano uh, said this, he says, there's no way, no way to show a profit or even a break-even point. This is uh, from Tom Winshausen, who owns a farm in Mitchell County and primary, primarily grows cotton. He says he struggles to, to profit as the, the prices are now. People he trusts tell him the, the problem could get even more out of hand. Quote, with, the, with, with that everything is fluid and everything going up, 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 it's hard to pencil in a number when the meter is running wide open. There's no stability, Winhausen says. Uh, he tells he, uh, me fertilizer used uh, used to cost him $12,000. I mean, that's what it used to cost him, $12,000 a year. And this year, he expects it to cost him $30,000 or more. So a jump from 12000 to 30000 or more. Winhausen says these costs are not enough to offset the increasing prices they will sell for cotton. He's talking about the cotton price uh, is going up, but those those are not going to offset what he's having to pay to make and grow the cotton. I asked him if buying a and this is the reporter here. He says I asked him if and 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 here's here's kind of an interesting thing. Listen to the reporter here of this article and and how he just doesn't even understand economics. Doesn't have a clue. He says, I asked him um, if buying a new tractor that's more fuel efficient could help. <laughs> and, and I wish I could see the expression on this farmer's face uh, having to answer this. But here's what he said. He, he says it's 
smarter to keep his older tractors. He hopes gas prices are not a long-term problem. Quote, we're losing money anyway, and we're going to stack up a two, three, four hundred thousand dollar note on top of that? That's not even an option, Winhausen says. <laughs> I just just wish I could have seen that one. Growth consultant Caleb uh, Truel says this this cost will pass on to the consumer in addition to the inflation that we've seen. Quote, you look at all the the fuel a farmer has to go through to be able to plant a crop, take care of a crop, harvest it, get it to market. If a farmer has to spend more money to make a crop, you're going to see those prices in grocery stores sooner or later, he says. Increased food costs will also be because of getting products to the store. He says it costs $2,000 for a semi-truck to fill up their tank. Can you imagine going to to the the gas station and dropping a $2,000 bill for your tank of gas? In this case, diesel, of course. Farmers get their gas from, from tankers like gas stations do, and they have to buy for months of supply. And the E&E News reports surging diesel fuel prices couldn't have hit farmers like Joe Peterson at, at a worse time. A sixth-generation dairy farmer in upstate New York's Finger Lakes region, Patterson buys uh, at least 70,000 gallons of diesel a year. 70,000 gallons of diesel a year to run his tractors and other equipment. Much of that during the busy spring planting season. Quote, it's huge for us, Patterson said yesterday on his farm, where uh, where he grows about 2,000 acres of corn and other crops uh, to feed his 1,700 milking cows. Diesel prices in recent days passed the $5 a gallon national mark, and we're slightly higher than that, around $5.30 a gallon in upstate New York. That's a big increase from the average a year ago, he said. Farmers everywhere are dealing with similar uh, challenges. In, in California, the nation's top milk-producing state, diesel ha- has climbed above $6 per gallon, an increase of more than a dollar per gallon since a month ago, according to the AAA. California Farm Bureau, a lobbying group for farmers, recently said diesel accounts uh, for as much as 15% of a farmer's expenses. Prices were already climbing before Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, pressed higher by the supply chain difficulties and surging demand as travel and, and shipping uh, recovered from pandemic lows. But the war and subsequent U.S. energy sanctions on Russia cast new uncertainty over the market. And, and Patterson and other farmers say they're worried about expenses. Big farms have the ability to buy diesel ahead of time through forward contracting, but Patterson said he passed on that opportunity months ago when prices seemed likely that they, they couldn't go any higher. Uh, misleading, uh, he, of course, was misreading the situation. Quote, this year, I was hoping the price would go down, he said. <laughs> While advantage, advantage um, average customers are grumbling about $4 uh, a, a gallon gasoline for their cars, the impact to farmers dwarfs what the typical American driver experiences. Diesel prices have climbed faster than gasoline to begin with, 
and farmers have to buy it in big quantities. Patterson said he bought 73,000 gallons last year and 76,000 gallons the prior year. Nationally, farmers spend 1. or 7.1 billion, that's 7.1 billion dollars on diesel in 2020 according to the most recent annual report from the Department of Agriculture. That was down 10% actually from the previous year but still made up the majority of fuel expenses on farms, the USDA said. Farmers mainly have to just stomach the costs in in, in line with the old saying that farmers buy everything uh, they buy at retail and sell everything they sell at wholesale. <laughs> Dairy farmers can't ri- raise the price of milk, which is um, you know dictated largely by by the companies or the the bargaining cooperatives that that buy it from them. Patterson said, rising diesel prices hit farmers in, in other ways too. Uh, any service to the farm that's subject to fuel surcharges is seeing them now, he said. Farmers also bear the cost of milk hauling and milk trucks run on diesel, of course. High diesel prices hit uh, rail and, and barge shipping of grain, too, said Alan Schaefer, executive director of the Diesel Technology uh, Forum, a, a, a trade group in itself, uh, that affects farmers who, who buy it to feed cattle, of course. It's it's a sort of up and down the food chain impact, Schaefer said. And lawmakers and officials in Washington and state capitals face pressure to find ways to help farmers write out the situation. Reducing taxes is one idea, although New York and other states already allow some tax deductions and exemptions for farm diesel purchases. The rising cost of fuel is a is a change in direction. In, in 2020, those costs were falling from a year earlier, um, according to the Farm Credit Annual Survey of Northeast Farmers. In 2019, the group survey showed average costs for diesel at about $163 per cow, which fell to $125 per cow in 2020. The most recent survey uh, is it, it showed that drop. So... Let me review. <laughs> Gas and diesel prices were falling under President Donald Trump, but now under Joe Biden's administration, they're out of control. Under Trump, we were energy independent. Now under Biden, we are shutting down our oil and natural gas production. Uh, in an article, uh, again from the Daily Wire by Hank Brain, he says uh, it's entitled "While Gas Hits Record High, Biden Administration Cancels Enormous Alaskan Oil and Gas Lease Sale." Despite the record high price of gas in the U.S., the Biden administration has announced it is canceling the sale of a massive oil and gas location in Alaska that was pending before the Department of Interior. Biden's DOI also canceled two leases under consideration in the Gulf of Mexico area. On Wednesday, AAA reported the national uh, average price of regular um, gas had reached a record high of uh, $4.40. That's nationally. At the end of March, the White House, while blaming Russian President Vladimir Putin for the rise in gas prices um, bragged 
of Biden. <laughs> the first part of the president's plan is to immediately increase supply by doing everything we can to uh, encourage domestic production now. Okay. Yet on Wednesday, <laughs> the DOI killed the potential to drill for oil in over 1 million acres in the Cook Inlet in Alaska. And that they, uh, they informed CBS News that the cancellation stemmed from a lack of industry interest in leasing in the area for the decision to not move forward. And that's a bunch of baloney. I mean, <laughs> there was a lack of interest in 1 million acres <laughs> of potential new drilling. The DOI killed the two leases under consideration in the Gulf of Mexico area because of conflicting court rulings that impacted work on those proposed lease sales. Hmm. Quote, the Biden administration is poised to let the nationwide offshore drilling program expire next month without a new plan in place. This is from the Washington Post. And they noted, uh, barring unexpected action, the current five-year offshore drilling program will lapse at the end of June. Interior cannot hold any new oil and gas lease sales until it is it has completed a replacement plan. Because the federal government can take months to create a new offshore shore drilling plan, energy companies will likely have to wait until at least next year before they can gain access to new leases. American Petroleum Institute Senior Vice President Frank McCola uh, called the Alaskan cancellation another example of the administration's lack of commitment to oil and gas development in the U.S., adding, the president has spoken about the, the need for additional supply in the market, but his administration has failed to take action to match that rhetoric. Of course, I would say that you know, Biden has also said that that he's not committed to oil and gas as well. He's he's committed to this you know Green New Deal type thing. "Quote: Unfortunately, this is becoming a pattern. The administration talks about the need for more supply and acts to restrict it. Of course, they do. As geopolitical volatility and global energy prices continue to rise, we again." urge the administration to end the uncertainty and immediately act on a new five-year program for federal offshore leasing, he concluded. Now, in mid-March, speaking at a Senate hearing, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat from, from there in West Virginia, criticized the Biden administration, saying the oil and gas industry needs signals from the administration that they will support oil and gas development and production. Now, that that includes taking concrete steps like working on a new five-year plan for the Gulf of Mexico, since we know that the current plan expires at the end of June. <laughs> the administration's failure to act um, on the, the five-year plan combined with the failure to appeal the, uh, the, the, the uh, vacated lease sale means that we're almost certainly looking at no offshore lease sales until sometime next year, to say nothing about the failure to hold onshore sales. He slammed the Department of Interior. The fact, quote, the fact of the matter is Gulf oil is the heaviest we produce and our refineries are well calibrated for it. It makes no sense at all to me that the decision was made by the Interior not 
to, to not appeal a ruling throwing out the largest Gulf lease sale, particularly when the decision was made several days after Russia invaded Ukraine. We cannot take a shot, I'm sorry, a short-sighted approach uh, that pretends uh, two years with, with lease sales will have no impact on our domestic oil and gas production just because the brunt of production impact from the lack of leasing hasn't hit yet doesn't mean that we can ignore them, unquote. But skyrocketing fuel prices are not the only thing hurting farmers and and sending food prices through the roof. From agricultural.com, the farmers say there is also much uncertainty about the availability of supplies to protect their crops as they grow. Quote, our local co-op said there might be fungicidal shortages and then also chemical shortages, uh, said Chris Perdue, a, a farmer in western Iowa. And they are bemoaned, uh, they bemoaned the, the hit and miss availability of parts to fix their equipment. The result of pandemic disruptions in the production of those parts, uh, as well as other things, I would say. Iowa Representative Ross um, Positon yeah, is, is a Republican from Walcott and, and, and is a farmer who said that his neighbor was forced to buy a hydraulic pump from uh, for his tractor from a Nebraska dealership because it was the only place in the country that had it in stock. Jim Boyer, uh, an uh, Emmett County farmer, uh, had a similar personal a- a- anecdote. Uh, he awaited, uh, and actually he's awaiting, a $40 emissions-related sensor for his tractor, and he's not sure if it'll arrive anytime soon. So, so he can't even use his tractor because of the emissions-related sensor that's out and he can't get a hold of. So let's just say that you were president you and, and, and you see all this food shortage coming and prices for food seemingly out of control. What would you do? Well, Economics 101 says that if you want the price of something to go up, you reduce the quantity of it for sale. If you want the price of something to go down, well, you increase the quantity of it for sale. I mean, the, the diamond market and, and the diamond industry has done this for years. Uh, there, there are a lot of diamonds out there. There really are. But they control how many you can buy at any point given uh, in any, any one point in time. Thus, the price of diamonds stays high, right? Well, Joe Biden and his administration, I think they skipped that class in college. <laughs> From thecounter.org, H. Claire Brown says that the Biden administration announced in April that it would expand a program, get this, that pays farmers to leave land fallow, part of a broader government-wide effort to cut greenhouse gas emissions in half by 2030. (laughs) So the new initiative will incentivize farmers to take land out of production by raising rental rates and incentive payments. The uh, Conservation Reserve Program, the, the CRP, was created in 1985 to incentivize landowners to leave some of their land unplanted. 
Today, the Department of Agriculture, USDA, uh, rents about 21 million acres of farmland from landowners, typically for 10 years at a time. In recent years, the number of acres enrolled in the CRP has fallen, possibly because the USDA's rental payments have not been competitive with the wide open market. The new announcement is a bid to incentivize farmers to enroll 4 million more acres of land in the program to total 25 million acres. The current program, that that would be actually the current program's limit. Sometimes the best solutions are right in front of you, said Agricultural Secretary Tom Vilsack in a a press release. Uh, All told, the increased rental rates and expanded incentive uh, payments will increase CRP spending by about 18% totaling $300 million or more, or, or even more in annual spending. So, so what are we doing? We want, we see food prices go, going up. We want the food prices to come down. And so what are we doing? We're using taxpayer dollars to then make sure that farmers aren't producing more food. All of this is a direct result of very poor decisions and policy that is that th- that this administration has furthered since since day one in office. We hear it uncommon sense said at the time, and we you can go back and you can listen to the podcast in archive that the actions taken in the name of the Green New Deal would have lasting repercussions. Now we are starting to see what happens when an administration and political party so inept as this one gains power. Now, from Fox Business, Phil Flynn says, oil demand is at record heights in the the U.S., but domestic oil producers can't or won't catch up because they've been canceled by the Biden administration, which is feeling the sting of its own anti-energy policies. President Biden, who canceled the Keystone Pipeline on his first day in the White House, continues to chip away at America's energy industry, drilling uh, moratoriums, Threats for fossil fuel investors and desperate appeals to OPEC for help have contributed to rising energy prices, a major component of the inflation spike. The Biden administration has tried to backtrack on that and now is calling on the U.S. shale industry to drill the leases that have been that that they have and to add rigs but even though the rigs count uh, counts are going up the production that's coming online is barely moving the needle the US shale industry is in need of constant investment to keep oil production going up at the same time companies have to be more fiscally responsible um, than they were in the past because the Biden administration's clampdown is making it almost impossible to take economic risks. Quote, we can't let energy companies squeeze American customers uh, with uh, unaffordable energy bills at home while reaping record uh, profits through LNG exports abroad. This is uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren of, of, uh, of Massachusetts. She said in a statement, the Department of Energy needs to reevaluate its LNG exporting policies and figure out how to keep prices low for American consumers. Until the department has a plan, it should consider halting permit 
uh, 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 permit approvals of LNG export facilities. I mean, you 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 don't get any dumber than that. You know, we're, yeah, let's 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 put more restrictions on things here. The ask is a further slap in the face to American energy companies that have already been neutered by the Biden administration. I mean, here we are. We are we are not even two years into this presidency, and we already are experiencing all of these things. I can remember lots of liberals saying that they would gladly pay more money for things if if the Green New Deal policies were implemented. I mean, I, it was all over Facebook. It was all over uh, all over social media. It was all, I mean, numerous conversations that I had with a number of different people. They said, well, I'd, I'd pay a little bit more, you know, for gasoline uh, if, if it meant that, you know, I, I was going to help with climate change. Oh, I, I would definitely, oh boy, I, I'd definitely pay more, you know, at the pump. Uh, or I'd definitely pay more for food. Or I'd definitely pay more for whatever. I, I, I would definitely do that. Uh, if it if it meant that uh, you know we could get some of these policies enacted, well, be careful what you wish for, as it seems like that is actually becoming a reality, and it's at the expense of many that can't afford it. And and you may agree with me on all this. You may disagree. I would love to have that conversation with you. You can always go to as we were just talking about our social media. Uh, and, and, and you can go to Facebook, you can go to Instagram. Uh, we're not on Twitter though. You know, we may go there. We, we decided not to go there because obviously we would probably be banned anyway, <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, we might do that in the future. Uh, you can go to me, we can go to all these different ones, uh, and you, and, and, and really have a conversation about this. This is, we want to make this a conversation starter. Uh, and of course you can always go to uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.